Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. Hello and welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast, Sun FM Preview Show. Gareth isn't with us tonight, actually. He's cried off sick. Christmas, he's got himself a suspension over Christmas, as the players do, so he can spend it with his family and all that it's stuff. Timed well, isn't <laughs> it? It's convenient. That, yeah, it, it is very convenient. So my guests tonight, we've drafted in Matthew Keeling, who's part of the Wise Men Say team. I'm going to throw him in the deep end a little bit later as well. All will be revealed. Good to have you along though, Matthew. No, no crying off for you, no excuses no, no. from you. No, absolutely not. No, I can't do it over Christmas, can you? Well, no. we'll find out whether that's a myth, actually, or whether the players actually do that, mm. because I'm delighted to see a former Sunderland striker, Stephen Elliott, is with us in the studio. Glad to have you along, Stephen. Thanks for having me, lads. Absolutely great stuff. You're back in the area now, full-time, yeah? Yeah, living uh, in Roker at the moment, so not too far for me to come that's in here today. Very local indeed. That is not even <laughs> just a little bit local, mm, is it? Yeah. Where where Roker Park once stood, of course. Absolutely. So no problems with you um, not being able to settle in the area then, Stephen? No, well, my wife's from, from around here, so it makes it a little bit easier as well. So we, I visit very uh, regularly over the last, well, 10, 10 years or so, mm-hmm. so I kind of know the area quite well. But you've been in Ireland until very recently, haven't you? Yeah, I lived in Ireland the last kind of, I'd say, about 19 months or so, Like, but we've just moved back now. Well, my wife moved back start of um, September for the school, and I've just moved back in the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. And you're playing for Morpeth Town? I am indeed. Well, if we can never get a game on, there's been a lot of games called off over the last few weeks. But uh, we, it seems quite warm out at the moment, so we may, we may get a game this weekend. What's what's it been like with the lads there playing for more more? You're not a little bit too mucking for their like, are you? No, it's <laughs> it's it's all right. The lads are kind of. I think it's a lot of them are kind of in between, kind of both Newcastle and Sunderland. But the lads are all good lads. They they work really hard, and it's it's a couple of nights training a week and then a game. So it's it's not full time, but they do put the effort in. And what about your sort of media? Because in Ireland you were doing a lot of media work, weren't you? We spoke a few times when you were doing stuff for RTE and stuff. Is that something you, you're going to continue to look at? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try and kind of keep in there doing a little bit of that if I can, like if it suits my schedule and that. So, uh, no, I've enjoyed doing that over the last couple of years. Obviously, kind of, I've heard you speak as well over on the RTE as well. So Not very well, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the people, now, the people in RTE are really good and it's kind of been a learning curve for me as well because I didn't really do too much of that while I played. So it was nice to kind of go out and kind of be on the other side of things as well. Mm, absolutely okay we're going to start with the beginning from you then uh, Stephen uh, the kind of things we like to ask players who I mean you have been on the show as a phone guest before and stuff like that but you've never been in the studio uh, I think Sunderland fans have very fond memories of, of you that's fair to say Matthew isn't no, it no definitely mm. yeah. when you came over Mick McCarthy was the manager and Sunderland had just we'd lost in the playoffs right you weren't there for that for that were you when we lost in the no, playoffs and got the semi-final no the, I came in the uh, season after uh, yeah. The infamous Jeff Whitley miss penalty <laughs> no. against uh, Crystal Palace. So, I've actually a few weeks. I come, came up to meet Mick a few weeks after that, and I've obviously I think I've said this before. Like I went into the manager's office and there was a big kind of din took out of the wall, and I was like, "What, what happened there, Mick?" And he goes, "Best not talk about that." I think he kind of took his anger out in the room. I think after that game, so the, the room was in a bit of a mess. But no, that's that's I came in the following season after that year. It might have worked out okay for you that because possibly if it, you know 
in the Premier League, maybe maybe you might have not been on the radar. And I mean, I mean that with respect, of course, because you were a young kid and you were at Man City youth. And, yeah, and well, reserve, what so. happened? How I came, how the move came about? <coughs> excuse me, it was uh, I was at Man City at the time, and obviously they were a Premier League quite well. They, they weren't as big as what they are now, but they were quite a big established Premier League club at the time. And I had I, I came to the enemy contract there, and I had a two year offer to kind of stay at the club, but. Um, there was a lot of forwards there at the time, the likes of Nicholas Anelka, Robbie Fowler, um, Paolo Wanchop, to name to name a few like good good quality forwards. And although the club offered me another two year deal, I just felt I was I just turned twenty. I felt I needed to go out there and kind of create a name for myself. Like and as I said, Sunderland. That when I when I come up to see Sunderland, obviously you look around the city and you see seeing the club and how big it could be. It was a kind of no brainer for me to come. In. Although I was dropping down in the division, it didn't really matter too much to me because I just wanted to play first team football. Did you get shown around the city? That's an interesting one, isn't it? Because it's something that's labelled to modern players. A lot of them don't live in Sunderland, and I don't think Sunderland fans would want them to or expect them to. But one thing we've questioned often on on, on the podcast is seeing whether they should at least be shown. Who they're playing for every weekend? Yeah, I, well, when when I came up, like uh, obviously you, you're shown the training ground, which it, especially at that time there wasn't as many as good as the academy of light. I know there's a lot of good ones around now, but like that was that was very impressive, like a lot more impressive than even the one at City at the time. But um, then obviously you look at the stage, and but I had a, I think Mick brought me around the town a little bit as well, and just said this is where you're gonna be. I think he wanted to kind of because I was young, he wanted me to to see where I was coming, like because that that as a young lad, it's important. I, I'd spent like five years in Manchester, and obviously, although it's only a few hours up the road, when you when you're a young lad, you think Jesus, Sunderland, like is that <laughs> am I doing the right thing? But now it, it seemed fine to me. Like I was just wanted to play football. I didn't really think too much into it at that stage of my career. Irish lads have always seemed to settle in the northeast. I don't, maybe maybe there's some similarities between the two, the two cultures, perhaps. Yeah, I think I think I think both pe- both uh, sets of people from Ireland and up in the northeast they're quite friendly and they make they make it very welcoming for like people from for outsiders to kind of come in and kind of settle. Sean Thornton was hearing other Irish people make it easier for you to settle in uh, Sean <laughs> well Sean was here obviously and obviously I kind of knew Mick as well but Sean was a bit of a live wire to say the least I think I knew Sean from playing with him kind of in the underage groups in Ireland and stuff and he obviously he, he brought me out in the town a couple of times and I kind of I'm glad to kind of mention that I didn't kind of didn't take to that kind of scene as much as he he probably did but nah, he, was a, he was a great player he was Sean he had great great ability and I don't know, like maybe another another kind of with a different mindset, he could have done a lot more with himself. But you, you can't take away from the natural talent he yeah. had. Sean very much took to that scene, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He liked a little <laughs> night out, to say the least. I think I think that was partly the reason why uh, Mick McCarthy wasn't too pleased to have him around the place. I think he used to he'd get caught out quite a lot, like in around the town. But he, he didn't. He, he wasn't kind of. It was hard to hide him, like with his uh, dyed blonde, uh, blonde hair and his big, his big, yeah. big diamante earrings <laughs> hanging out of him. So he didn't really, he didn't really make things easy for himself. It's a shame, Gareth's not here because he's got a story about Thornton that he's probably said in the podcast about fifty times in the past. Yeah, but no doubt he would have, he would have wheeled that one out again, wouldn't he? <laughs> about seeing him with his tracksuit on, his pizza and stuff like that. Yeah. Is it a bit myth, Stephen, that some players get themselves suspended so they can have a Christmas off? It's one the fans throw around a lot. or Does that happen? Well, me personally, I would have never done it because I think I've only had about four yellow cards in whole in my whole career. But I think a lot of the lads that kind of in and around the midfield area that like a tackle, they probably think. Am I on the four or on the nine mark? And he might take one more tackle here. I might be able to enjoy me Christmas. You think that happens as well? Genuinely? I'd say there's one or two players that probably <laughs> kind of just think, yeah, I wouldn't mind having a little kind of maybe a couple of drinks with the family at Christmas and and a, and a bigger meal than say what you would have if you, you were playing the next day. But I'd like to think majority wouldn't. But you just uh, definitely a few out there that would think that way. 
How, how was that as a player of the Christmas period? Because football fans love it, but we can go out and have a drink while we're watching the games, and the games come round thick and fast. You're playing Boxing Day, you're playing New Year's Day. Lads, let's be honest, lads, the lasses like to incorporate into the sessions that they're lads. having. Lads, <laughs> lads, lads. <laughs> well, that's why I said lasses as well. I wanted to drop that one in there. <laughs> but obviously, as a player, is it the same? Because you've got to be so disciplined. And, well, the and thing is for me, because I've uh, I played in Ireland kind of part-time and they play the football, summer football, and they get Christmas off. So I've experienced kind of both sides of where you're playing and then you get Christmas off. But when you're playing, you don't really... You can't really say you're missing out because you don't know any different. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So you're used to playing football at that that time of the year anyway. But now that even well, I'm, I'll probably still have games now with more. But but like it's it's one of them where I think you just it's it's a short enough career. You finish like mid thirties if you're lucky enough. So if it means kind of staying in over the Christmas more than probably what you would like to do, then it's it's not that big a deal, is it? Yeah, that's the right answer, isn't it? Yeah. Is it your favourite ta- favourite time of year, Matthew? As a football fan, Christmas For or football, what? absolutely. Yeah, they keep mentioning winter breaks, don't they? But that would be. See, well, I actually think a winter break would be good as having my England fan hat on. Mm. Uh, and I know a lot of people don't seem to be England fans these days, no, but I still am. But do do the Christmas period and then give them January off as well. Is what yeah, I would say. Yeah, well, Scot- yeah, Scotland I, do that, don't you? Up in Scotland, I think they have a couple of weeks after the kind do of. That. I think yeah, there's a couple right. of weeks after the actual Christmas where they kind of. I think there's two Saturdays between games and all, which obviously, excuse me, playing up a heart, I had that and. It's just, it's a little bit kind of for my in my opinion it was like past the kind of point where you wanted yeah, the time off. You, know, you, want, now, you might as well yeah. give it Christmas rather than a few weeks afterwards. But the only thing I would say about playing football, the thing as I got older and my kids kind of as the kids came along, I kind of hated having to go in training on Christmas morning. That was the, mm, yeah, the only kind of annoying thing because you want to you want to spend the morning with the kids and opening up their presents and stuff. And I remember when I was at Coventry, like I was living in the northwest and I had to commute. He brought us in, like even though there was a lot of lads, Mark Robbins was the manager. There was a lot of lads living outside the area. But he still made us all come in training for an eight o'clock start. So I was up at five o'clock in the morning driving down to training and little things like that. Although they're not massive, like looking back, it wasn't a massive deal. But it's just little moments. You want you want to enjoy your Christmas morning and your kind of breakfast mm. with the kids and stuff. But it's only a small kind of thing you have to give up like yeah. for such a for such enjoyable career. My last work's Christmas day because she's a nurse, so I'll just be waving her off with a wine in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> no sympathy whatsoever. No, my, my my last has worked. She's a chef, so she's worked Christmas day. There you go. Four. We're all doing it. Not this year. Uh, not well. Not we. Not not the royal way. I'm not doing it. I'll not no, be working no, no, Christmas either. day. No, 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 won't be doing that at all. Is there any games that stick out to anybody over Christmas or like the thing of festively mine? I always remember. Um, I don't know if it was Christmas, but it was snowing and it was December, so that constitutes as Christmas, doesn't it? When we beat Millwall six 0 at Roker Park and and Craig Russell scored four goals, maybe mm. a bit young for you. That you might have been a bit young for that, <laughs> yeah, Matthew. I think it was what was that ninety five, ninety six, no ninety five, yeah ninety five, ninety six. Yeah, I remember. How old were you then, 1995? 95, three. Oh, God. So I don't want to talk about it now. I want no. to talk about something else because that <laughs> makes me feel ancient. I was about 14 year old. I remember beating Leeds. Leeds on Boxing Day. Mm. Um, I think Arthur scored. Dennis Wise was Leeds manager. Yeah, I think Gus Poyet was yeah, number two. That one or, we seem to have played Leeds quite a lot on Boxing Day over the, over the years. Yeah. So I remember actually when I was there, we lost the Leeds one year playing. Did we, we played Leeds at the stadium and I think we lost 2-1. I think actually Julio scored a last yeah, minute free so, kick. Yeah. We lost that game yeah. 2-1. But uh, now, obviously, like if you're going to play a match over Christmas, it's horrible to lose it because mm. it kind of puts a little bit of a dampener on the, the kind of... 
on the celebrations. Yeah. They always good crowds as well, Boxing Day. Yeah. I'm, 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 it's, the way we've turned our form around a little bit, it would have been great to have a Boxing Day thing. Were you, Man City and, and, and Hart, you mentioned there, Coventry, you went to a bit, for mm. a bit, Stephen, as well. Would Sunderland be the, the best time of your career, memory-wise? I think so, yeah. I think, obviously, I, I was obviously a young young boy when I came up here. I think I played a little bit, no fear. And when I stayed kind of free from injury, I think things went quite well for me, obviously, getting relegated from the Premier League was a bit of a low point but I didn't really play that much myself personally that year because I, I picked up a bad uh, I fractured me back so that was a frustration frustrating from both a personal and a team kind of level but when I, when I felt like I was fit and I played I felt I'd done okay and it seemed like the supporters took to me and even when I come back to the area I don't really I kind of seem to get welcomed back quite well which is always nice but I enjoy my time at like not me, even at Preston even though we had a run in the playoffs as well, and I quite enjoyed that. At Hearts, we won the Scottish Cup against our local rival Hibs, which which is probably one of the biggest moments as well in my career. So, like, you always remember moments in football, and it's nice to have a few medals and kind of win a few trophies during your career because a lot of players will go that go through their career without having to do that even once. It's got some beauties, I have to say. Whenever we do our pre-match thing in, in the Peacock, Gareth, what Gareth he does he, on, on on the big screen behind the stage, he puts on old DVDs of, of former mm. seasons and stuff, and there's been a couple from around your area and there's some absolute crackers you you and Liam Lawrence in particular scored some great goals that season uh, yeah I just I don't I look at my, even some of the goals I think I scored a lot with my left foot as well for something like from outside the box and I actually don't know if I ever scored a goal with my rifle which is supposedly me stronger for outside the box so I don't know it's just one of them things a lot of, I think it's like when you shoot sometimes they just fly fly in the top corner all the morbid lads asking where that is now yeah the same we've not seen that yet like I say, I'm hoping like, in time they'll come they'll come back from somewhere they're dragging out the old DVDs yeah. here. you sure this is the same lad <laughs> the one against Man United Six, yeah, that was that was even though we lost the game, that was a big moment for me. Like obviously, after being at Man City for five years, yeah. and like you know, you're playing against the Man United uh, U teams and reserves, and they were they were big time Charlies. Like because yeah. we were the kind of smaller club at that stage, but we always seemed to beat them. Knowing the kind of U team games and the reserve, there'd be a lot, of, a lot of the lads were in around the squad. So although it wasn't for City to score against Man United like that for me was a big moment. And I grew up a Liverpool supporter as well, so I kind of mm. would have had a natural dislike for United. Yeah. So even it was just like to get me forced kind of Premier League over Sunderland in that game was good, and it was it was a, it was a decent goal, and obviously. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Van der Sar, who was at that time probably one of the best keepers in the yeah. world, and he, he didn't get near her, which was nice. Okay, right. We have some more questions uh, for you, like that. Some people have been tweeting in, as well as tweeting us what they think about the game. So we will come to that. Um, next, though, we're going to do a little bit of a Christmas quiz. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show, with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. Okay. 
Matthew Keelan is, is probably the latest member of the Wise Men Say team, actually, and probably the quietest and the one who's just finding his feet away. Yeah, so probably. the absolute fair thing to do to him today was drop him in the deep end and ask him to prepare a Christmas quiz because Gareth was going to do that. He did one last year when myself and Michael Proctor did it. Mm. So I've asked Michael to, to come up with some quiz, cr- quiz? Christmas related questions. Christmas. I didn't want to make it all about Sunderland because I didn't want to handicap you, Steve, and I thought that would be a bit unfair if he... He started saying, like, what was the score when Sunderland played QBR one Boxing Day in, oh. in the mid-90s, then you wouldn't have a chance, let's be honest. I probably wouldn't have a chance either, but in, in theory, you would have less chance than me. So, we're going to do that. So, Matthew's going to read those out, and me and Steve are going to answer. There's only five questions or so. We're going to put a nice jingle in the background as well, a Christmas jingle. Shall we have a listen to see what that sounds like? Let's yeah. do it. That's Christmassy enough, isn't it? <laughs> That'll do. Right, come right. on, Matthew. Well, take the take the stage is yours. Here we go. I hope you're not expecting a lot from this quiz. We can't speak up and make sure you get yourself above that jingle there. Right. So the first question on the quizmas. Oh yes. Yeah, see, see, I did that by accident. See, <laughs> and I've, well, there you go. So who was top of the Premier League at Christmas in the 1992-93 season? Right. Um. Yeah, it's one of three teams that's springing out in my mm-hmm. mind for that. But ah, uh, yeah, go on, good. You got an answer down, Stephen? I do, yeah. Okay. Who has scored the most Boxing Day Premier League goals ever? Ever. Um, no, it will not be. Won't be a Sunderland player, will it? Probably. Although not. I did what I did see Kevin Phillips score a hat trick on Boxing Day. Is that a? Brad, uh, Bradford. Bradford away. Yeah, we won 4 1. Away, away, lads. Lads, lads, away, Bradford. And he scored a hat trick. Right. So, okay. you got an answer down here? We yeah. have, yeah. It's a tough so, quiz, isn't it? Oh. It's about to get a lot worse. <laughs> on New didn't even, he didn't even give us multi choice, Stephen. He's, <laughs> no, just, he's, just, asked, well, he's yeah. just asked us to go straight in with it. On, on New Year's Day 2005, Sunderland played away at Preston. Uh, for one point, what was the score? And for another point, who scored for Sunderland? Right, okay. Right, was a Boxing Day Preston? It was New Year's Day. New Year's Day, which is like kind of 2005. Christmas, really. Yeah. So that's a 2000. Right, so that's a season. Two thousand four, right, okay. five. I, think I know where you're going with that one for the second part of that question. Right. Got an answer yes, down there? Yes, I have. You've got an answer, Stephen? Yeah. You put yourself down for that for answer, <laughs> Stephen? Right, <laughs> okay. Well, no, no, you never know, do you? <laughs> right. Which of these clubs has Rocky Santa Cruz made the most appearances for? Oh, the multi choice one. Yeah. Is it Manchester City, Bayern Munich, Blackburn, or Malaga? Oh, I was confident until you th- threw yeah, that I'm last really one in there. Um. Going with me, go here. Some great research gone into these questions, man. What made you think of Googling Rockers, Rocky or Santa Cruz? When oh, you just named Santa, isn't he? Oh, oh Christmas, I'll tell you what. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's decent. <laughs> <laughs> right, go on then. Right, so the, the final question is Sunland were bottom of the league at Christmas 2013. That's a shock. And stayed up. Who did they beat on Boxing Day? I know this one. And for so, a bonus point, 
know this one too. Which opposition player was sent off? Oh, no, I don't. Oh. Uh, what's that question again? Sunderland were bottom of the Premier League at Christmas yeah. 2013. Who did they beat on Boxing Day? And who was sent off for the opposition? See, I remember the game. And I remember them going down to 10 men. Mm. I can't remember who was sent off. Bet you remember who scored. I was going to ask that, I but can. I knew you'd know that. I did. I do. I don't know. I'm thinking about their saying. It's game. probably a bit unfair. I don't, I don't, know, I don't want to uh, know. If, if I mention a scorer, do you think it'll give any. Uh, Steve, I don't, Steve neither knows it or he doesn't, does it? I'm pure guessing here. Did Key Sung Young score? He scored. It might help. Us yeah, here, it doesn't help. I know exactly which game it is, but I don't know. I'm just going to have to guess at a, a defender who plays for that team, I think. Mm. Right. Is that it? Def- definitely That's wrong it. now. That's, That's, five the, one. That's the one. Right. Let's total all scores up then, and I will be taking this as a victory, and I won't yeah. be I won't be holding back from that uh-huh. fact. I'll be very happy if I win this. Um, we'll start right. with, remind us what question one was. Question one was, who was top of the Premier League at Christmas in 1992-93? Who have you got, Steve? I wrote, I wrote Leeds. I've got Norwich. It was Norwich. It was yes. Norwich City. I'm sure my age there, mm. to be honest. Well, yeah. It was the thing is, it was because Norwich and Villa both pushed Man U that season. I remember, and Norwich oh. were top for a long time. Remember. See, I was only about seven or I something was like so. one. Well, I was, so. I was only about I was only about eleven. I wasn't yeah. that old. Too old enough, though, I guess. <laughs> old enough. Yeah, was, that's, that's one point to you, anyway. So, who has scored the most Boxing Day Premier League goals? What did you have down for that, Stephen? Henri. I've got Paul scores. It's actually Robbie Fowler. Robbie Fowler has nine goals in boxing. I don't know. I had a feeling I was right. I was going to go with Fowler for some reason, but I just thought it's too obvious, isn't Mm. it? So New Year's Day 2005, Sunderland played at Preston. What was the score? Right. And who scored? Well, let's get the second part of that. that, (laughs) Was that was that our guest tonight? It was. It was. And did you put that down, Stephen? Yeah, I I think it was. Was it at the was it? Yeah, it was a 3 2, was it? It was 3 2. Yeah. Taunton scored. Taunton well. scored, yeah. 2 Preston and <coughs> Sunderland. 3 2 to Preston. Beat. I thought we got beat up with 3 1, so. Mm, 3 2, I'll take that. Oh, that's Stephen in front now. Oh. We were 3 0 down, I think, weren't it? No, it's not. It's just oh, level. I can't remember. 2 2. That. Yeah, well, <laughs> I remember the gang, I remember the. And we got a half time. <laughs> what was that like? Tell us about oh, what was the You don't know, you just you're three down, like, and you're taking, he's giving her the whole, he's eating too much over Christmas, blah, blah, <laughs> drink, everything. And it's like, right, we better try and make some sort of comeback yeah, second half. That's Mick McCarthy. Yeah. But how does he, how does he scale in the, uh, in the bollock and you can he, he has a he has a bit of a temper in him believe me like when he loses he kind of he, he gets your attention quite quickly he's bad as Keane or he's different he's probably mm. a little bit louder than Keane but he's Keane's a little bit more cutthroat and a little bit scary yeah, yeah a little bit kind well, of just actually nastier worried, you're actually worried he might be a horse's head on, on your bed when you get in the house <laughs> or something like that. Um, right okay number four then number four is which of these is Roque Santa Cruz made the most appearances for well, Blackburn's the obvious one, and then you threw Malaga in at the end. I yeah. went with Malaga just because it was because it was an obvious. You thought it was there for a reason. The box. It was um, it was Bayern Munich. Ah, <coughs> <sighs> I went for Blackburn. So, uh, but, yeah, so that's no points. All right, well, we're level two two here, Stephen. So this, fortunately <laughs> for me, is a, is <laughs> a very a Sunderland fan based question. So Sunderland were bottom of the. Premier League at Christmas 2013 and we and were well bottom we were we, well we bottom well and bottom. it's a season we got to the League Cup final yes and it it was also the day that um, Reberge and Diakite played centre half yes. together which yes, is a it frightening was. thought for everyone but well, we kept a clean sheet we did <laughs> we beat 
Uh, well, uh, what answers have you got? Oh, Blackburn, just random. Mm. It's not right. Yeah, it was Everton. It, could it have was Park. Everton. And do you know who got sent off? You probably won't get this. So you get, got the team wrong. So. Uh, I guessed a Jag Yelter. It was Tim Howard, the goalkeeper, got oh, sent off. I was. And then did he, he bring G, a key I down? Think as he well. brought key down, and then, and he, then he, he took the penalty away. Yeah, yeah, I remember so. now you've said it. I'll take that. I'll be honest. Stephen. I was disappointed. I'm very disappointed. It's probably a bit like, you know what I mean. But now it's he showed his not. He showed his knowledge. Well, to be fair, like you know what I mean. That's very very um, loose. That there was about seven questions and I scrambled three home there. <laughs> what was the final scores there? Because I, I I have three and Stephen has two. Oh well, there we go. That was the end of. Uh, Christmas. Christmas quiz. Mm. Well, that was good. I think you did well there, Matthew. Good, good quiz. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, a little bit of everything in there, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. You know. <laughs> what we'll do is we will um, now uh, get onto Twitter and we'll ask Stephen some questions from you lot. Made in Sunderland for Wearside. Okay, we have some tweets now for you, primarily Stephen. We will read some of the some of your tweets out when it talks about the game specifically as well this weekend but we're going to dive into some of these straight away um, I'm going to start with this one because we just touched on it there when we said whose um, team talk was the worst was it McCarthy's or Keane's and Tom Wilcock has said who would win in a fight Keane or McCarthy or who would you rather fight out of those two uh, me personally uh, I don't think I'd want to fight any of them like I'm, I'm not really a fighter but I don't know I'd rather so who just... would win in those two in a fight then I, d- I think I think Mick could take him to be honest. Yeah. I just think he'd overpower him, like you know. Whereas, but the only thing is, I don't think Roy would ever give in. I think he'd be going mm. there. He'd have like limbs hanging <laughs> off. He'd still, <laughs> still be, be going. He'd still swinging limbs at Mick. Or something, so, but no. Well, on the uh, <coughs> fighting front, you said you don't fight, which is fair enough. But Tom, uh, Tom Walshy, wants to know what the largest animal you reckon you could knock out with a single punch is. Well, I've got a little dog. Uh, dog will punch he's, he's, he's a little Maltese, and he only weighs four and a half pounds. So he's probably he's probably as big. The, the only one I'd probably have a chance of knocking out. I'm trying to find some of the serious questions here. And, uh, you know, I don't think there are any. Lee Johnson is asking who was the fastest player at Sunderland. Um, when I when I played, Carlos Edwards was very quick. Like you know what I mean. Once he got going, it was like he, he kind of used. He was like a gazelle gliding along the the uh, turf. So probably him. Nugsy was quick. Yeah. when he got going mm. um, Joanna Oliver is saying she was in love with you as a teen just so you might know that information uh, the best player you played with at Sunderland that's from Jake Macam Jake the best player um, the best uh, probably Julio Arca he's probably the most skillful player anyway he's just quality he's always kind of had a composure on the ball a little bit more than everybody else and he just had that little bit of class about him mm. You won't come up against him. South Shields are above more, but are there a little bit? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Unless we can play each other in the cup or mm-hmm. something, I don't know. I think they were in the same league last year or something. So, friend, uh, friend of the show as well. <laughs> Just uh, I like to add that one in there. Uh, Peter Crum is saying you sort of ex- explored on the scene really, um, and then towards the end, it, you didn't quite seem the same. Was it down to injuries? Um, probably. I think I got towards me. Yet, Towards the end of my time at Sunderland, I just kind of had my second ankle surgery and probably wasn't the perfect time. We just got promoted. I kind of missed the last few games of the season, but uh, may may have had something to do with it. But um, yeah, it, listen, I'm sure like injuries do slow you down. You know, like uh, my three three years on a bit of Sunderland, like I had two ankle operations and fractured me back in between, wherever. So mm. um, I don't think I think if I had have avoided them, I probably could have done a little bit more. But there you go. You you can't really think back and have any regrets what was it like there when being 
obviously there under McCarthy and, and, and getting promoted, which must have been great. But then you said we had the the season where we struggled and we come down and, and it wasn't pleasant. It was uh, record points. And then Roy mm. Keane came in and brought all these players in. What what was that like to be a part of initially? Yeah, uh, it was it was great when Roy Force came in initially. It, it was I think it was a massive lift to everybody at the club because I think the first five six games like when we were just losing all the time it was wasn't a great the club itself you were thinking geez, like you go back to the start of this season where like it's probably even worse this season yeah. than what it was that year but like I, I remember thinking you didn't even want to get out of your car like now if you're going to the shop and so and people would be like asking you what's going on why is because we we just come down we were expect we were like one of the favorites to get automatic mm. promote and we were i think plymouth beat us at the stage in that light in one of the first games we'd lost to coventry that game, and yeah, you're just thinking like game. and you're, you're embarrassed kind of like and obviously because I was seeing my wife was from Sunderland at the time and I was going home speaking to me whole family and friends and they were asking me what's going on and it was just a horrible you don't really want to talk about it but then Roy came in and everybody loved the club again it was, it was as a player it was great to be kind of there for that kind of change and atmosphere I don't think we've kind of hit those <laughs> levels yet but there's some similarities with what's happening now I would say with with Chris th- Coleman yeah I think Chris Coleman coming in like I think he, he kind of is a big presence I think his stock was quite high as well when he came in and I think it's a big coup for the club to get him and I think he's starting to kind of show show he's kind of what he can do and although it's not brilliant and perfect at the moment it's it's definitely improved and there's a bit more of a structure to the team now and it's even there in around the ground there the weekend there seems to be a little bit more yeah, of a lift around the place definitely. which is yeah. you just notice it like yeah. it kind of in the way people are kind of coming to the games to kind of have a little bit more of a spring in their step which is hopefully you can keep going I think mm-hmm. people want to go to the match again which is sort of like at the beginning they got to the point this season where some people were just going because they they had a season <laughs> ticket and it was False sort of habit. Yeah. Like yeah. you're sitting in the pub before the game thinking it. <laughs> but I think the thing as well, like going back to the weekend, gone boy, you know what the substitutions he made, yeah. bringing off the two lads and putting on the the two young lads. Mm. I think if Grayson or somebody else had done that, he he probably wouldn't have been brave enough to do that because Coleman has come in with the kind of doing well at Wales, qualifying for a semi final of the Euros after managing like big top players. I think the fans are thinking okay this guy kind of knows what he's doing and he, you kind of look at him on the line there and he, he has that kind of leader presence about him which is nothing against Grayson I think he just I didn't dislike Grayson or anything but I just think he has a bit more about him and I think the crowd are relating to that and they're kind of feeding off that and it says it's it's not perfect at the moment but hopefully you can keep continuing everybody you feel <coughs> almost feel sorry for Grayson but every time a player's interviewed they come out and all this is he was a lovely bloke, Simon. Because yeah. we joked about Reuters saying it last week, but Brownon's come out this week and he's been interviewed and he's like, they were trying to get out of him, you know, how much better is Coleman than Grayson. And he wouldn't give him any of that, but he just said, Grayson was a nice bloke. But mm. they're all speaking about what Coleman's doing right, that speaks volumes. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Isn't? Like, I think as a player, like, I even spoke to John O'Shea and asked him what, when Grayson was there and he was saying, like, like the lads are kind of playing for him. Yeah. But maybe he, just, maybe he was just out of his league. It wasn't the kind of right club. I don't know. But, like, as a player as well, when you've kind of... If, if he's brought you in as a player to a club you never know in your mind as a footballer you're thinking further down the line you don't really want to say too much yeah. too much about him because he may be the guy to kind of yeah, exactly. come and help you out when things aren't going too great for you as a player so I think a lot of the players when they're doing their interviews now are kind of are aware of that they're not stupid and like like I said it's a short career like your man Brown and he's brought him I think Grayson took him in from long yeah. and he, he done well as well but he's probably thinking listen he's doing well at the moment but things can change in football he may need Simon Grayson again he to help him out in for him. so it's yeah. it's one of them I think that's what he's he's protecting the footballers protect themselves kind of from saying too much unless you're like kind of 
an absolute worldly footballer, <laughs> then you can just say what you want, like, and then people will still love you. Have you ever been in a dressing room where <clears throat> you've had that kind of players just said what they want? Ah, yeah, you, you see, you, like, listen, football is a, is a very emotional game, especially you come in, like, fresh after a game, like, if you've lost a game, you come in at half time, sometimes things are said and you're not even thinking about what you're saying and you just ramble. I've done it myself sometimes, you'll start screaming, talking absolute rubbish and that, and but. Uh, like it's it's kind of you're not thinking about what you're saying and when kind of it's all said and done at the end of the game everybody kind of comes and says listen okay you've got that off your chest maybe not in the right manner but I think everybody's kind of big like the big strong men in there and you have to be able to kind of stand up for yourself and obviously take criticism as well you didn't want to slag uh, Simon Grayson off you said there but I, I remember speaking to you again th- through work and you were, you, you were critical of David Moyes when he was here weren't you I just I just think David Moyes he did Listen, like a broken record sometimes talking about him, but like he, he just, I think the first day he came into the club, forced defeat in the league, and he's telling everybody how bad things are and how. And I just thought, what is he doing? Like it was, it was difficult. Like I got, obviously, you, you have an interest in the club, but like you, you think to yourself, he's managing the club now. If he's telling the public, what are the players yeah, thinking? Exactly. You, you need, you need your manager to go out there and protect you and be like, listen, well, I'm, I'm following him. He's positive. I'm going. I'm I'm going to war with this guy. Not being taken. Well, he's beaten them. What, what's the point in us continuing to fight? You know. Yeah, we hadn't even played that badly at that in that game. Really, I know we'd, we'd been beaten by Middlesbrough, but we we <coughs> played all right in the first game at Man City, and Middlesbrough had beaten us. But we hadn't we hadn't been hammered, and, and yeah. then he just literally came out and said after the, the one game, thing I will yeah, say, probably going to get relegated. One thing I will say about David Moyes, to be fair to him, like I'm still never going to be his biggest fan, but like he's gone in at West Ham now. I don't know how he's got the job in the first place, <laughs> but anyway, he's got that job now, and he, to be fair to me, he's putting his, he's putting himself on the line here because. Like he knows if he fails here again, then nobody at this level is ever going to touch him again. So if he can pull this one off, then he's kind of it's a, it's a big gamble for him. But now we, I still, I'll just look at him from his time at Sunderland. He, he was, he was. I don't think he. I was still think it's time. early days for him at Everton. He's, he's, he's uh, played uh, West Ham. Uh, West Ham yeah. is. I know it's definitely early. West Ham have played like, Chelsea, and that's yeah. kind of the game they always get up for. Then he's went mm. to Stoke, who are in all sorts of yeah. trouble. Aren't they? I don't know. And we'll we'll see. He got back. To, he got back to back wins at Sunderland as well. But the thing is, though, if I'll ask you a question here. If West Ham staying up and plays in Newcastle, what what would you what would you prefer? Uh, I'm not going to answer that question because I've got my professional head on. And <laughs> Newcastle United in the Premier League brings my family food and work. Yeah. There I'll, you go. I'll answer it if you want. <laughs> okay. I'll have Newcastle to get relegated. Really <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate not being able to think like that anymore. Right. <laughs> um, Matt Hartley is saying on a scale of ten to ten, how much do you hit the mags? Me. Uh, Listen, I don't particularly. You get like your that. professional head on as no, well. No, no, I don't need any. But I don't <laughs> particularly like them. Obviously, I've only got one experience of playing in the the derby game, and I got absolutely abused for the whole of the game. And the odd Newcastle when I was playing used to give you a bit of view. So I don't particularly like the like like them that much. Obviously, I love some them a lot more than them. But I how know did that a make lot... you feel getting abused? Did you do you thrive on that? You scored a great goal in yeah, that you game. Don't, so you you really just kind of laugh. You just sometimes you're on the pitch and you're thinking, look at you. You're like a 50, 60 year old man, and you're giving <laughs> your senses to like a football player. What are you doing with yourself? Do you know? But you just kind of it's all part of get part and parcel. But it's, it's when I the thing that gets me off young children now when I see a grown man there where he's kid. Remember that Everton game where you're on and they scream and swear and then like trying to punch swing, him. trying to punch somebody with, with your kid. And I just think what kind of example like mm. if I go to the game now at my any game with kid I try and just sit there and watch it kind of like and enjoy the game but I suppose like when you when you're a mad passionate supporter of, of a club you love then you may do things that you don't even know what you're doing. Well, we spoke about that Newcastle goal. Um, Ryan Pallister has said best goal for Sunderland and you can't say the one against Newcastle. Um <laughs> obviously the one that I scored against West Ham or Upton Park when we won the league that's that's a that was a big moment for me as well. I quite enjoyed that one because we had a packed out end and 
it was the, the goal that we went, went behind it again. I think Julio scored, and then I got the winner late on, and it was the goal that clinched the tight the actual trophy for us. That was a big moment. But I always like my goal against Wolves at the stage of my life. That's what I was I, thinking. When I, I flicked yeah. her up and kind of volleyed it over my head into the top corner. That that was one that, from a technical point of view, that where I taught me head cheese, that wasn't a bad goal. Even when you look back and think, did I do that? You know, but. <laughs> That was uh, that was probably one of me. Them two are one of few of my favourites. Okay, Dan Gregory is saying, "What does your Twitter name mean, Sleeves? That's your nickname, Sleeves, isn't it?" Yeah, Sleeves. It's just uh, when I when I first came up to Sunderland, I used to. None of you were telling me a story, say Stephen, and I didn't quite believe you. I'd say, "Are you serious?" But instead of saying, "Are you serious?" I'd say, "Sleeves up," because obviously, when you pull your sleeves up, you're getting serious. And I don't know, Mick McCarty just started calling me Sleeves after that, and then it's just so is, that, is that an Irish thing? Or? I don't know. Well, I, I don't know. I think one of my mates back home was saying it to me, and I just kind of brought her into the club at the time, and then. Ever since then, I've just been known as sleeves in the football world. So, like, not if I, if somebody calls me Stephen now, I kind of do a second kind of glance <laughs> and think, are they talking to me? So now everybody just calls me sleeves. It's it's. I suppose it's easy when you. I don't think there's many sleeves out there. Is that? <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I was wondering if it was something that maybe. Um, Irish Stevens got called or something because I've got the same <laughs> name and I was thinking, yeah, sleeves too. <laughs> I'll nick that one. I'll nick that one when I go over to Ireland. Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, I've only actually been to Ireland once. I went to Dublin and. Um, and I was, it was, you know, when we went, you must have just left because it was when we got promoted to the Premier mm. League, and we went there on pre-season with Roy Keane. Oh yeah. Um, and we had our Sunderland tops on. We just, we just arrived at Dublin, and we were walking down the street, and a car went past, and some young lads were in it, and they went with the window down and started abusing me for being English. That's that was oh, my, that was my, fair that was my introduction to Ireland. Funny you saying that about <laughs> sleeves. When I was at Harris, we had a Portuguese manager, and he must have been along the same lines as sleeves must mean something to do with Stephen because he used to get me name mixed up. He used to call me Sleeven. <laughs> so I'd be like, or Sleevo, and I'd be like, no, it's sleeves or Stephen. You know, he didn't quite kind of. After a while, he understood. Too. But there you go. Okay, right. We'll read some more of your tweets out about the game because when we come back, we're going to talk about the upcoming game against Birmingham because this is a preview game, preview show. Preview game. Believe it or not. Wise Men Say, Sun FM preview show with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. Okay, we're going to talk about the Birmingham game now. We have said this over the years so many times on the show. If you could handpick a game you wanted to play, it would be Birmingham City at home. Yes, Matthew? Yeah, we even said it on Monday, didn't we? But we also said it against Reading, so you can never... I I don't like saying it. I've stopped saying it, to be fair, apart from just now, but... Mm. (laughs) (laughs) You're a bit late now. You stop stop saying it from now. From now. Mm. There's there's always a worry, Stephen, isn't there, Um, that these games are going to come back. I mean, Matthew, uh, M. Jacko, 1989, can't wait to be proper Sunderlandy and get beat 1-0 with an ex-player scoring or a lower league plotter scoring. Probably Delhi had a baller. Delhi had a Yeah, not sure he's still there, but you know yeah. what I mean. No, I don't know. Like they're, they're bottom of the league for a reason. They're bottom of the league yeah. for a reason. Like uh, Birmingham, so it's a game after winning winning your first home game in in a year. Like you, you you're going. Who do you want next? You want the team below the league, in the league yeah. to kind of come and play. So the lads have got to be full of confidence going into the game because I said they, they've got to be the most confident they have been for like twelve months because they haven't kind of had this feeling they don't know what it's like going on off the back of a home win I'm sure the crowd at the game as well will be a little bit more lifted than they have been in mm. kind of recent weeks and I don't think we're going to see that much different in the Sunderland performance than even what we've seen last weekend because he's got a way of playing now and I don't think he's kind of going to start changing things drastically like with, he might even go with the same starting lineup. I wouldn't be too surprised if he, if he did kind of fitness what if everybody's fit to play mm. so but like no it's, it's one of them like as long as you get the, at this moment when you're bottom of the league like 
you just got to get a result, find a way to get a result. And I think that's something that's Coleman has managed to do over the last kind of few games. Yeah, you feel like he did that against Burton, where you just thought we need any sort of result. Also a clean sheet, so two boxes ticked there. And then this home thing, that must have been hanging over the place, Steve. And every time they walked, they're probably even if they're having a good week mm. in training and then in the family life or whatever, and then you walk through the doors of the stadium of light, surely they must have been thinking, oh, God, we've... we've We've got it. We still haven't won here. It's it's bizarre though, like because you, you you go to the stadium, man. Like when you played at the stadium, especially in the championship, you used to go into that. I I remember when I played this, and I used to be no more home games. I'd be buzzing for them. I'd be like, there was an expectancy in the squad that you kind of knew you were going to win, not like or have the majority of the game, and kind of I don't know. But at, watching them there, they just forgot how to win the game. Like I was even the game earlier on. The what was it when it was like four? Was it four all three or Millwall game? Was Millwall it the midweek well. game? Yeah, well, I remember watching that and like they'd been in positions where I think if Coleman had been in charge, he could have seen the game out. But it was like a big fear came over the team, and he thought, "God, we're winning here. What what do we do now?" Like and. <laughs> Obviously, with that result the weekend, I think that'll be gone now. And I think if they get into a position where they can win, I think they'll be be able to kind of see it through rather than mm. what they haven't been. Still, able only to about do. twenty minutes we've held it late for because we scored quite late. late yeah, I, think bef- <laughs> I think before before the Fulham game, it was like seven minutes or something, wasn't it? Because we we're ahead yeah. against Bolton for three minutes, and then we and scored. Then <laughs> we scored, and then right, oh. and then we scored with thirty minutes left against Fulham. So it's still only about twenty yeah. minutes. Yeah. But even when the, even when the goal went in against Fulham, you're still thinking, "Oh God, you're, yeah. lo- you're looking at the clock, thinking how yeah. long's left, isn't yeah. it?" And whereas you should be thinking, "Right, go on and get another." Yeah, but, and hopefully yeah. that's lifted something now because you, with, with respect to these teams, you shouldn't be thinking that as a Sunderland fan, as a Sunderland player. No, no. As I said, as a Sunderland player going to stage in a light like a home game, you, you should be going into that game with, with the support behind you, expecting to win the game. And I, the team should be coming to the ground with a little bit of a fear factor, like kind of going into the arena and thinking, do you know what? These are going to be up for the game today. And that's what it is. It's hard in the championship. You got to be bang out a hard work, full of energy. Otherwise, you don't get results because there's not major difference between all the teams that play in the league like there's no obviously Wolves this year I've kind of watched them a few times they've been a kind of standout team in my opinion but there's you're always watching the game they're always quite close like even the watching who was it there a couple of weeks ago I was watching Redden uh, Cardiff and Cardiff came back to, to draw yeah, two, two all two like, end, right? and even though Redden were 2 up you never thought like the game was over and I think in the championship you need you need to have energy and that's something in the games I watched on them before like before they got that result, they lacked energy in the team, and I think Coleman's recognised that as well. Like I think what he's done with putting Gibson in that kind of sitting with the mm. two two boys either side, and they, although they're, in my opinion they're not the best footballers in the world, but what you know what you're going to get is that energy, and they're going to be in people's faces, causing causing people problems, like not letting them kind of play. And I don't know, I think Coleman knows what he's doing, and I think the fans and and the players are trusting him, and that's a big part. You need to trust your manager. Well, Peter Stamp, you, 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 you mentioned it briefly there, is saying same team again, no reason to change, although he is uh, acknowledging that if Corbin picked <clears throat> an entirely different starting eleven, he would assume he's right because he's not put a foot wrong so far. Right. Well, that's that's, a, like, that's what I'm saying. That's a thing that Coleman has. that kind of, yeah. He can do... He has that kind of position where he's done now. He's got picked up a few results, much better. The team seemed to have a structure. So if he did go and make them changes, nobody would be kind of humming and hard and saying, what is he doing? Although I, I doubt it's going to happen this weekend. After, I after I'd, kind of, I'd go with the same team, I think, yeah. to be fair. And, right. then, and then bring on Judge to kind of to win things with 20 minutes to go, isn't it? Mm. It's... Yeah, it's it's hard to say moving away from his back yeah, three, Matthew, isn't it? Yeah, I think it just suits the players really well. It's, it suits a, it suits the back like the three centre halves, and then the the two centre forwards. Vaughan was excellent last last week, and you, you you can't play the two young lads from the start yet. 
to be fair. Plus, Madja just isn't much fit, I don't think, either, mm. to be fair. Mm, no, I d- yeah. And, and, and as a centre-forward, Stevens, a little bit of a nudge to the, to, to the plate as well. <clears throat> Suddenly, like, our replacements have come well, on. The, and thing, the thing is, as well, like they, them two lads, are, are, reading about them, the two of them seem like they're, they're kind of good friends off the yeah. pitch as well, which always helps. And through <clears> what they, both of them are 18... And it's like they, they, come, they came on there in the game, and you're thinking, oh, I seen him make the four sub, but no one Vaughan came off at all. Well, he's ran himself into the ground. That wasn't a major surprise. But obviously, Graben, who'd scored all the goals, you're thinking you need a goal, you're taking your top goal scorer off. But in my opinion, Graben didn't really try a leg. I don't think in the games I've seen him, he hasn't really tried as much as maybe what he could do. I think he's mine maybe elsewhere. And listen, Coleman was very brave, but it, it paid off, and the goal came, and the, the two boys, listen, they'll be full of confidence as well. They'll be kind of bubbly all week that the press will be speaking to them and they're kind of listen he's, he's played one game for the league uh, Maja and he, he scored a goal like he'll be, goal, he'll be yeah. on top of the world so like I don't know I think I think club the Birmingham are going to be aware of kind of facing maybe a much much improved Sunderland team this weekend I'm not going to happy, be happy until he does a full Michael Bridges and come on and score every game as a super <laughs> sub as an 18 year old like Bridges did he was only 17 actually Bridges mm. um, SCFC North Yorkshire is it okay to think we've turned a corner there's a lot to do the message I would imagine from Coleman this week will be very much <clears throat> we haven't turned a corner yet well, well no like the thing is though although results have picked up a little bit you have to still look look at the league table never mind what's <clears throat> happened the Sunderland that's there with 18 points after this amount of games it's 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 pretty abysmal really where 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 the club with the players they have should be but like you say you can he can only come in and deal deal with what he's got and he's kind of He's slowly turning turn the corner. He won't come out and say it, but I'm sure he's telling the players, listen, lads, this is more of the same. As a manager, like you know, you sense, I think, when when the squad is behind you, and I think he knows them lads are kind of are, are playing from everybody are saying, obviously, the right things in the in the interviews I've read. as well. But they're obviously working on a structure there, and you can even see it. You're going to the games, and you're watching them, and you're like, they know what they're doing now, although it's still not a kind of possession-based football. It's a way of winning games, and there's no right or wrong way. And... If he feels that's the best way, then he can win games. Then who who are we to argue with him? Okay, right. We're just going to wrap things up now. This um, it isn't about the game, but it's an interesting question. So I don't want to get I don't want to get your opinion on it. And it's from Alistair Ray asking if we think Grayson rushed Watmore back prematurely, and mm. um, because he was under pressure for results, maybe that contributed. Uh, I think that that would be I think that'd be a little bit harsh on um, Grayson because as he. As a as a footballer, like as well, when you come back from injury, I'll know I've been, I've had some injuries. You you know your body yourself. You 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 if you you see it in the manager and he speaks and you say how do you feel? You tell him if you you feel okay. And obviously at the time, like when Watmark did come back, he, he kind of gave everybody a lift because he looked quite sharp when he came back in in the kind of spells he came on. But I think that'd be I think that'd be a little bit kind of below the belt to say that Grayson rushed him. I think it's just one of them things. A lot of players when they come back from that cruise do do sometimes kind of. Re rupture and it's just one of them. I think Callum Wilson, he he's another one at Bournemouth. He kind of came back and and he done his a few weeks later, and he's back scoring goals yeah. again. So it's just one of them things. Players' bodies kind of heal differently, and it's a shame really because Duncan Watmore seems like a great lad, and I think he he's got a bit of pace and energy, which is something that obviously Sunderland supporters love. So hopefully he can get back fit again. I'm sure he would be looked after well by the medical staff. Okay, there. just quickly then, are we confident for the weekend? What what's the predictions? I'll be honest. I, I think the stars have aligned for us this. I think Sunderland and Birmingham mentally are in completely opposite places to each other and I think that can only be a good thing and I'm expecting us to win the game I think we'll win 3-0 that's what I was thinking it's too optimistic that Matthew I, I was thinking that it's, it's too I'm, uh, I don't know whether I think another clean sheet although it'll be great I don't know whether they will I think it could be 2-1 2-1 that'll do so thanks for Stephen for coming in and thanks for uh, 
being quiz master for us, Michael, <laughs> uh, Matthew as well. And we will Glad be back. When will we be back, actually? We're not going to be back on Monday because that's Christmas Day. Um, myself and Gareth haven't had a chat about it yet. We might come back next week in between Christmas and New Year, maybe to do a show during the day. Um, but we will definitely be back the 4th of January, if not. We'll probably be back. Maybe it depends how we're getting on, to be honest. But we will be back at the Peacock this weekend for the final time of 2017. It would be great if you could come along. Darren Williams came along last week and he was outstanding, I thought, as a guest. David Priest is back with us for the second time this season at the weekend. Very, very popular last time he was on as well. Uh, Talks very well, David, as I'm sure you all know. It would be great to see you there because we don't know when we're going to be doing this again before the new year. So if you want to come have a bit chat with us and watch David Priest and us talk about football, I think you should definitely do that. We'll see you there. Thanks for listening. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.